Produced by PI Media. Hello, uh, my name is uh, Moshe Mittelman. I am from uh, Tel Aviv and I am also the chairman of the scientific advisory board of MDS Foundation. And behalf of MDS Foundation, I am happy to initiate this uh, program today, this episode of the podcast of the patient and family program of the MDS Foundation. Uh, today's topic uh, will be devoted to questions that are within the interest of patients and families, questions that they would like to ask and they would like to receive the answers of the physicians and the medical team. So I'm glad here to introduce me today, Mrs. Iris Yahal. Iris, hi. Hi. Can you please uh, tell us, uh, are you linked to this topic, Iris? Well, yes, with pleasure. So my name is Iris Yahal, and I'm happy to be here today as the manager of the Israeli MDS Patient Support Group. Together with Professor Mittelman, Dr. Merkel, Professor Fran, and few volunteers from other disciplines, we have uh, established the Israeli MDS Foundation in 2014, and I've been co-managing it since. As a local non-for-profit organization, we benefit from the fruitful cooperation and vast source of materials provided by the MDS Foundation. I first encountered MDS when my late father was diagnosed in 2012. The MDS was a project of the entire family. The physicians led the medical matters, and my parents found a way to leverage their optimistic perspective of life and maintain a good quality of life along with the MDS. Throughout the last decade, I've been maintaining a hotline for patients living with MDS and their caregivers. Their questions and dilemma are accumulating to my widening perspective of personal challenges of people living with MDS. In this podcast, I will share my insights based on my personal views on the matter and ask Professor Mittelman commonly asked questions by patients. So the first question that pops up is, is MDS a hereditary disease? Hi, Iris, and thanks for uh, this introduction, which I believe it's very important for us as well as for many patients, families, and other listeners. Uh, I would like just before I answer the question, I would like just to mention that, you know, as a, not a young doctor anymore, I have realized over the last uh, decade or two decades that uh, I learned many important lessons for my patients. And these are very important lessons that, uh, unfortunately, uh, we could not learn them in medical school, nor in our residency or fellowship. It's only the practice of medicine and the ongoing conversations with patients, families, and other interested parties that really teaches you uh, these important lessons that, after all, are not less important, not less important, maybe more important in the daily life practice of medicine, because these are really the topics that matter to patients. So after your introduction and my introduction, I am uh, glad to answer the first question, which was, is MDS what? I'm sorry, say it again. Is MDS a hereditary disease? 
Yes, uh, this is very, uh, I should say, commonly asked question because patients sometimes and often, I would say, are concerned not only by themselves and more than they are by themselves, they are concerned by their children and more by their grandchildren and they are concerned that the disease might be transferred. Well, in general, MDS is not hereditary, in general. MDS is genetic because we find today mutations in the blood cells of patients with MDS, but most of these mutations are acquired along life and it is not hereditary. Yes, there is a small percentage of MDS patients in whom the disease is transferred as hereditary and usually we catch it relatively early in life and we can provide the necessary uh, provision, supervision and the treatment. But in general, the answer is no, it is not hereditary disease. And the implication is that once you are di diagnosed as having MDS, don't bother to ask your children and grandchildren to be tested for MDS. Okay, so that was a relief. And I will continue with the second, let's call it frightening question. Is MDS cancer? Oh, this is again, you know, a very commonly asked question. Is it cancer? Well, uh, you know, I can say in one simple sentence, why do you care? It's really not important. But, you know, I will devote two, three, four more minutes and explain. Well, when we say cancer, uh, usually people think, you know, about a very bad disease that is progressing and the, the treatment is associated with many side effects. And if the people, the patient is not treated, he will die. Well, this is absolutely not the case. Actually, we today, and many patients are aware of it, we classify every MDS patient as belonging to one of two groups. The group of MDS, which is considered and defined as lower risk, and the group of patients who are considered and defined as higher risk. Now, lower risk is definitely not considered cancer and does not behave like cancer, although, yes, we have to admit, several percentage of these patients might evolve over the years to cancer, but since we follow the patient and we treat, we can catch it on time and we can treat, so it's not as used to be in the past. Patients with high-risk MDS, the disease behaves more like cancer, yes, and when we say cancer as physicians, as investigators, we mean that the biology of the disease is characterized by several features which are considered cancer. But I think the important point to emphasize iris here in our conversation is that even for the higher risk MDS, we do have good, effective therapeutic approaches which really treats the disease and make it in many, for many patients, tolerable with quite a significant life prolongation as well as good quality of life. And yes, 
probably in more and more patients we can even talk today about cure. The numbers are still small, but yes, we are improving. Now, I think one last point which I would like to emphasize talking about M disease, yes, no cancer. We are talking today about making the disease chronic, about the chronicity of the disease. In other words, I would like to ask you, Iris, have you heard about someone who has hypertension and is cured? Have you heard about a patient with diabetes whose disease was treated and completely recovered? Of course not. This is nonsense. We know that with many diseases, patients continue to live, to live with diabetes, hypertension, joint problems, and many, many other problems. Patients learn to live with treatment, with good quality of life. So our approach in MDS, as well as in other diseases, is to make the disease chronic. And I think that we are making a very good progress over the last few years. So really, this is, I think, explains why I started by saying, why is it important whether it is cancer or not? I think more important is to understand the implications. What does it mean? And not really the definition that sometimes, as you said yourself, is frightening. So the bottom line is patients with low-risk MDS, they do not suffer from disease, which is cancer. Patients with high-risk MDS, we are in a process of making the disease more chronic. And this is why the word cancer, I believe so, should not be that frightening as in the past. Okay, so getting that comfort, and as you said, it's going to be or it's treated more as a chronic disease. So that raises another question, another practical question. Uh, people ask, where should I be treated? Should I choose a medical center which is close to my home? Or is it better to go, even if we have to travel for a, a longer distance, and find a specialized uh, medical center for MDS? What would you recommend? Yes, you know, this is uh, one of the questions that really indicates again the importance of what we say in the last few years, uh, personalized medicine, because the answer is very personalized. This is, the, after all, a personal decision. The patient and the family has to decide what is the best for this particular patient. Now, obviously, it can be different from one patient to another, but I think we can, together, we can uh, summarize the main principles which I think should be taken into consideration. For example, I think that the trust and the good atmosphere between the patient and the doctor and the medical team is one important principle. So patients should stick to the place, to the center, where they feel comfortable and where they feel that they trust the medical treat the medical team that is treating them. Number two, of course, the distance is a relevant consideration. We have to remember that many of our patients might not be young anymore, might suffer from other comorbidities. Some of them may have mobility problems. 
So the distance is significant. In some countries, like our country, which is a very small country, the distance is important, but probably less. But in other countries, with a large uh, territory, it might be more important. So the distance should be taken into consideration as well. Now, the next point is, which I am frequently asked, is should we stick to a specialized center of MDS or to a big medical center who, which has experience in MDS? And I think I can say today that fortunately, MDS is disease that most physicians, most experts in hematology are familiar with. We in the MDS community have been uh, successfully, you know, we have been able to educate the community and physicians all over the globe, hematologists, are familiar with the disease. Most of the treatments can be provided in many centers. So I am not sure that I should stick, you know, and I should highly recommend the patients to go straight to a center that is specializing in MDS, but I think it's a good idea to remember two points. In some points where there is a turning point, and I mean to the point where the patient and the family, together with the physician, they have to take a strategic decision. For example, transplant or not. For example, should we change the regimen of treatment? So far, the patient has been treated with erythropoietin or ESA, and now the medical team proposes to switch to Luspatercept or to switch to azacitidine or to any other treatment. In these points, I think it's important and it's advisable to go for a second opinion and to go to an MDS expert and to clarify the questions that I am sure the patient and the family have. And the last point, there are some treatments which really I recommend to do in a specialized center. And I mean, for example, transplant. If a patient is going to transplant, yes, transplant should be made in a center which is specializing in, in transplant. Or if a patient is going to an investigational drug or to any kind of experimental treatment, and this is something that patients should be asking about if it is not provided in the center where they are treated, it is advised in this case to go for treatment in a center where the investigational drug is available. So in summary, I'm not sure that there is one principle that I would say, and I cannot tell for anybody, yes, you should remain close to, you, to your residence, or you should drive or take, you know, transportation of 100 kilometers to another more known center. I think the principles that we have uh, characterized now are those that should be taken into consideration. But if there is a specialized treatment that is given only in a particular center, it is advised at that case. Okay, so this response was very helpful. And um, from my experience, many people, many uh, patients uh, ask me the question, is uh, is the physician offended 
by the fact that we may go in search for a second opinion. And that's why I appreciate uh, your proposal uh, when it comes from a professor in hematology who says, go and look for a second opinion. That's very important because that creates and generates the comfort level and the trust of the patient in the treating team. So, so thank you for supporting this step. You know, Iris, about that, I should probably add that this is really uh, one of the lessons that I have learned from patients. They need and want to be comfortable. And absolutely, it is understandable that this is their life and they should really feel comfortable. So, you know, uh, talking about how do the, how would the physician feel if and when the patient is going for a second opinion, I, I would say, again, this is also something which is very personal, you know. I can't tell you how every physician would feel about, but I can tell you, number one, this is definitely not only the rights, but the privilege of the patient to do. This is the patient's life, this is his disease, and he should be comfortable, number one. But number two, I can tell you from experience, and as meeting many, many physicians, not only in our country, but all over the globe, that I think that the general opinion, the general atmosphere, the general philosophy of many physicians all over the globe is getting more and more pro for this kind of issues. Physicians understand that since this is the patient's life and disease, number one, the patient can and should be involved. And if so, the second point is the patient has all the reasons to go for a second opinion when a strategic decision is going to be made. And you know, this is what I have been doing all my career, almost all my career with my patients. Not every week they should go for a second opinion, but at some point, as I say, in the strategic point, if one treatment, for example, already is already gone and we are about to make a change and start another treatment. Or if we are yesterday, just yesterday, I had a very long discussion with a patient and family. Patient is not that young anymore and we are considering transplant. But as you can imagine, there are many pros and cons for this transplant. I can fully, you know, understand if he says no, and I can specify 10 reasons why not. The, on the same token, I can certainly give you 15 reasons why yes, transplant. And at the end of the conversation, I said to the family, listen, no need to take the decision today. Obviously not in six months, but we can take a few days, maybe a few weeks to elaborate it, to think about it. And yes, I urge you, I urge you, Go to talk to the transplant unit and maybe even to more than one transplant unit in our center and in another center. Ask all the right questions and then go for a second opinion in another hospital. Ask these questions and then make the decision because you, the patient and the family, I want you to be comfortable with any decision that is taken. And yes, I am here with you to help you to make the decision, but I want you to be comfortable. Wow, so uh, thank you very much. Um, 
I, I feel that this episode was very informative and, and helpful. So we'll probably meet at the next episode of MDS. So thank you really, Iris. Uh, this was, I want to tell our listeners that this was part one of this episode of Frequently Asked Questions by Patients with MDS and Their Families. We have focused on several questions which I believe might be informative and important for patients and families. Uh, this is uh, Moshe Mittelman from Tel Aviv. Thank you again, Mrs. Iris Yahal. And uh, we will meet again in the next episode, which will again cover several topics for patients and families. This is again Moshe Mittelman from Tel Aviv on behalf of the MDS Foundation. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you.